Good morning, everyone. My name is Albert. I'm from the Berg Seventh-day Adventist Church out in the West. It's a great privilege to study together with you. Our lesson number seven, we are almost uh, halfway through our lesson for this quarter. It's another very exciting and interesting lesson that we are going through. Our topic for today is the covenant at Sinai. Before we continue further, I want to invite you to join me as I pray. Awesome God, we thank you so much for your presence with us and the opportunity that we can study together your word. Lord, as we go through this exciting study, we want to invite your presence to guide our minds and our hearts as we study the word of God. The same way you inspire the prophets to write your word, the same way you inspire the people who write this lesson, the same way you inspire us as we study together. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our topic this quarter is the promise. Our lesson today is the Sinai Covenant. Our memory verse is in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. God said, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagle's wing and brought you to myself. So here we see that God has been reminding the Israelites who are falling out and forgetting about the experience that God has, has been delivering them. And this lesson, there's a story about a little boy who, of seven who was very unfortunate and they have to say a glass of milk. And when he was um, in hospital by an accident, uh, a nurse offered him a huge glass of milk. And then the little boy was drinking the milk with fear, confused of not knowing how deep he could drink of the milk. Uh, and when he approaches the nurse, kindly said to him, son, you can drink, drink it all. So for the first time that he could experience and enjoying a full glass of milk. This story can explain our memory first very well, that we can see that God has more to offer. The covenant is a two-way system. God wants to offer more for his people, but we have to then to him or come to him so that he could satisfy the desires of our hearts as the bible says that god will always give us the desire of our hearts if we if we tend to him so god reminds them as a people israel had been immersed in for many long years and experience that no doubt their faith has been decreased but God never give up on his people. He still want to rescue them and, and deliver them. So let's, let's look at this verse in Exodus, Exodus 19, verse 4. Before we read that verse, uh, I, I also want to read this verse in uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, where God says, uh, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the flat gates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So God wants us to, to come to him. He wants to bless us. God has more than this life has to offer. We just need to step out of our comfort zone in faith and experiencing the best that God wants to give to his children. Now Exodus 19 verse 4 it says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I have bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. So God is assuring the children of Israel to come to him and experience the blessings that he wants to offer to his children. 
So I want to also read Deuteronomy 9, verses uh, 29 to 31. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will fight for you, according to all he did for you in Egypt before you eyes, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. So here God is, is encouraging his people and reminding them and also assuring them that he will fight for them. This illustration indicates that our God is very much aware of our helplessness, all right? We are powerless, we are weak humans, we are fallen. We need to depend on God. God reminds us of how he cared for us as eagles, care for his, how he cared for us as uh, eagles on eagles' wings. The Bible says also in Psalm 103, verse 13 to 14, God says, as a father, bids his children, so the Lord bids those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. Right? So in both the figures of a eagles and the parent carrying his child, we, send, we sense God's concern for our well-being. Denda, supportive, protective, encouraging, his desires is to bring us to full maturity. The eagle was known for its unusual devotion to its young. It too lived on mountain tops. In teaching its young to fly, it carried them upon its back to those great heights that overlook the, the plains of Sinai. Then it dropped them down into the depths. If the baby was still too young and too bewildered to fly, Father Eagle would swoop down beneath it, catch it on its back, and fly up again with it to the to the cracks above and and that says the divine voice is when god says how i brought you out of egypt to myself as uh, an e on eagle swing so when we see that god is reminding and emphasizing his promises and his caring love to his people we see that there is a problem of unbelief all right, there's a big problem of unbelief. The children of Israel have experienced the tender love and deliverance, but they still have a big problem. And the problem is not believing in God. So I want to read First John chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. So when we don't believe in God, then we make, we fool ourselves. We make God to be a liar because of our unbelief. So these are some of the problems that maybe we are still going through as well ourselves. Numbers chapter 14 verse 11, it says, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people spurn me? How long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? So we see that God is telling Moses, how long will these people ignore me? How long will they not believe in me, despite everything that I have done for them? So when you think of the experience of the children of Israel, the wilderness experience, on how God has been leading them 
on Hikol Swing, how he gave them water from the desert, how he defied the Red Sea into dry land and drowned the enemies in the, in the ocean. In Psalm 78, verse 32, it says, In spite of all this, they all sinned and did not believe in his wonderful works. And in John chapter 5, verse 38, he says, You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. So this is a huge problem. And the Israelites have this problem of unbelief. And maybe we ourselves can be in the same situation as well. And I want to encourage us to, be, to believe in God. Now, it reminds me of the experience of Thomas when he wants to see first before he believes. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus said to him, now you have touched me, you have seen me, then you believe. How? And then Jesus says, blessed are those who believe but have not seen me. So we have not seen Jesus ourselves, but we believe in Jesus through his word. We need to ask God to increase our faith. So I want to talk a little bit more about faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, the word substance means real, not make-believe. Faith is the reality of everything we hope for. It provides us with the internal evidence of things that we only dream about right now hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 talks about this experience of moses by faith he refuses to be called the sons of pharaoh and and then moses chose not to be in the palace but then god led him to be in the desert so with the experience of moses with the faith that the the bible says in hebrews he says that moses looked beyond he looked beyond what is not the reality because what is the reality is all fake now, what is not seen is the evidence of things we dream about and then Moses he was refused to be in the palace of, of Pharaoh but today uh, Moses the Bible says is in the palace of God in heaven and I say amen to that and and also the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 4 and 5 it says by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift, and through it he, Abel, being dead, still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away, so it did not see death. That is in Hebrews 11 verse 4 and 5. Faith is trusting God as a well-known friend. It is living life with such confidence in God that we place our life in his hands, no matter what happens to us, even though sometimes it doesn't make sense. We just need to believe in God because he has more to offer for us, even though sometimes our situations doesn't make sense. So that is the struggle that they were going through. And even in our times, maybe some of us are still struggling in trusting in God because we want to see first like Thomas. We want to feel, we want to see first before we believe. But then Jesus said, now you see, now you touch me, you believe. How much more blessed are those who haven't seen me, but yet believe in me. So I want to remind us also in the experience of, of Daniel chapter 3 verse uh, 16, where King Nebuchadnezzar, 
wants them to to worship uh, the image but this first in first 18 and uh, 17 and 18 this is what the response of Daniel it says if that is the case our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery venice and he will deliver us from your hand o king all right but this is what he says but if not let it be known to you o king that we will not serve your gods nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up so here we see that daniel has faith in god's word Right? The Bible says that you shall have no other courts before me in Exodus 20. So here we see that Daniel uh, and his friends, they hold fast to their allegiance to their God who keep the commandments of not bowing, bowing to any other courts. So this is the kind of faith that God is looking for in each one of us. In Isaiah 43 verse 8, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Wow, that is powerful. So in this verse, God is telling the Jewish Israelite people and even us that he will be with us and be with them in their most troubling times, supporting them through giving them the strength to move beyond them and delivering them out of danger without harm. The Israelite people were in captivity in Babylon. They faced many afflictions and were persecuted by men, represented by the waters, rivers, and fire. Some of the Jewish people had rejected God and provoked his, his wrath. For those people, the metaphor represents the temptations of Satan that rapidly came over them and overwhelmed them into disastrous states of separation from God. In spite of their disobedience to him, God tells his people that they should not fear because he has redeemed them. God will continue his love and care for them. His people are God's workmanship created by him and to good works. This is Ephesians 2 verse 10. And he will not forsake the work of his hands. Right? God also says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. God opened the Red Sea for miles to allow the Israelites to walk on dry land through the sea. That's in Exodus 14 verse 21 to 22. Then God let the walls of the sea close and destroy Israel's enemies. He did this to encourage the unbelieving Israelites to trust in him in their difficulties and show them that those who hurt will be ruined. All right? Point number two. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. God suddenly dried up the Jordan River as a band of priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood at the river's uh, hedge. That is Joshua 1, Joshua 3, verse 14 to 17. It was during the time of harvest in springtime when the Jordan would typically overflow all its banks from meeting from melting snow coming from Lebanon. The hawk represented the presence of God. God piled up the water to refill a dry riverbed so that his people could walk into Canaan and end their long, tiring wanderings in the wilderness. The journey from the wilderness into Canaan represents the believer's passage from a sinful world through death and into heaven. Wow. 
Point number three, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God protected Satrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Nebuchadnezzar, at his soldiers thrown them into the fire after they refused to worship any god but the Father. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers who threw them into the furnace were killed from the flames of fire. Yet, Satrach, Meshach, and Abednego emerged from the furnace completely and signed, that is Daniel chapter 3. And because of this miracle, they were promoted into the province of Babylon as the prime minister. Wow. So, this is what God says in Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Wow, that is powerful. So families, I want to encourage us that we need to increase our faith. We need to pray and ask God, the prayer of the disciples, God increase our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must believe that God is real and that He rewards everyone who sets for Him. Isaiah 12, verse 2, it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Families, God is our only hiding place, our shelter in the time of storm. God is our very present help in time of trouble. God is our salvation, according to this verse. We must trust and not be afraid. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So, families, how does the Bible say that we can increase our faith? All right. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. Hearing means that we need to trust His word. We need to trust God's word. We don't need to trust our circumstances, our situations. We need to trust in Him. James chapter 1, verse 22 and 25, it says, We must be doers of the word. And if we do what God says, we will be blessed ourselves. All right? I'll read that first in James 1. It says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not doer, he is man, observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observed himself, goes away, and immediately forget what kind of man he was. Verse 25, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Families, God has a blessing for us in his word. We need to believe in his word and do what he says because we will be blessed if we obey what he says. When we do not trust in God's word, what happens to us? It brings worry. Worry is a lack of faith, all right? Matthew 6, Jesus himself said very well, emphasizing worriness. We worry about our circumstances. Now Jesus says we must not worry about even tomorrow because tomorrow doesn't exist. There's two things that we always worry about. We worry about yesterday and we worry about tomorrow. Jesus says, if I allow you to live 
tomorrow, then I will be the one to provide food for you to eat tomorrow. You need to trust me today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. When we hear God's call, we need to respond today. Now families, worry can cause a lot of unhealthful circumstances in our life. Jesus says, who by worrying can add one more single hour to his life. We need to trust in God because he cares for us. I want to finish with a with the story of one of my favorite Bible verse in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So families, we live in a world that there's a lot of things happening around us. I want to encourage each one of us. We need to be as bold as a lion. And Daniel, when he was in the lion's den, the Bible says that the lion was not harmful. He was a hungry lion that later on we learn from that story that the king commanded everyone who accused Daniel falsely into the lion's den and they were all eaten by the lion. But Daniel was there all night and he was spared by God because he believed in God. And I want to put it this way, that the Bible says that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Daniel, because he have the lion of Judah in him, he become the most powerful lion than he that is in the world. The Bible says in First or Second Peter, where it says that be vigilant, be sober, because the devil is going around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When the Lion of Judah, Jesus, is in us, we can face the Lion that is out in the world because the Lion of Judah is the most powerful Lion that we can depend on, we can trust on. It is my prayer that God will increase our faith, that we can look to Him and that we can triumph until He come. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.